Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Days like this that you like global warming, she said, sounding like <clears throat> one of the uh, ants on The Simpsons. <coughs> Hello, how are you? It's March 8th. And uh, it's sunny. It's a Monday. And I'm trying to wake up. I almost forgot to call call in. I was busy reading um, stuff. It's amazing how you can get just sucked into something and forget that you have certain responsibilities. <laughs> like to show up on your show. At any rate, a lot to talk about. Where to start? Where to start? Um, I'm going to bet that most of you, I don't know, most of you watch the Oprah Winfrey interview. I, I don't know. Now, it's, we usually talk about more serious fare on this program, but it occurred to me that uh, last night was probably one of the few times in recent history that Americans were all watching the same broadcast uh, on on television. I mean, that with with all the cable uh, and different. Well, that which used to happen all the time in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, with all of us stuck watching the same kind of thing. Um, That hasn't happened, but this thing got so hyped um, that my sense is is that an awful lot of people did uh, watch it. And uh, I was one of them. I must admit that uh, midway through, I started to flag and um, sat doing my my newest uh, jigsaw puzzle, which I'm almost done with. Um, and and I have to also admit that my reaction um, seems a bit different than all the reactions I'm reading uh, this morning. Um, let's just say that I scribbled down my, my final reaction (laughs) and it seems a little harsh now that I look at it in the light of day, uh, but it's this, we're supposed to give a shit about this. And then I wrote down whining privileged. Um, I, you know, at some point, (laughs) I'm sorry. Maybe it's because right before uh, CBS aired this Oprah thing, um, there was 60 Minutes. And on 60 Minutes, there was a story about homeless children in the United States, in Ohio specifically. 
and it tore your heart out. And then the, the homeless kids got, you know, a few minutes. And then our culture, you know, sits in rapt attention as we watch two very rich people um, talk about the pain that they've suffered. And I'm not saying they didn't suffer pain. God, if you locked me up with that royal family for a week, I'd be uh, contemplating suicide myself. But somehow, I mean, in the in the world of like what you choose to like uh, care about or empathize with, I'm sorry, I ain't gonna worry about Megan and Harry. You know, to listen to people uh, complain about their their lack of income or needing of money, and then see see them see him walking on this private beach of his with his uh, with his privileged little uh, Archibald. I mean, I I'm sorry. I mean, I as much as anyone likes the the. And it's a, it's a terrible thing that we do, the gossipy part of it. I do. It, it, I've watched The Crown. This was just like watching The Crown, wasn't it? There was the same stuff. And it, and it completely folded very neatly into the picture of the, the Windsors that we get from The Crown. So what's so shocking here? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, I, I I don't know what to I don't know what to say uh, about this. Um, it just seems it just there were times I just wanted to cringe. So like this, uh, we find out that. Uh, that it wasn't Megan who made Kate cry. It was Kate who made Megan cry. And the reason Kate made Megan cry was because she was upset about the dress that her cute little daughter had to wear as a, a flower girl in the wedding. I'm supposed to care about this silliness? A few things, the takeaways that I thought um, that I, I mean, quite clearly, the, the the villain in many ways here is the uh, is the horrific uh, British uh, media, uh, the so-called tabloid press, because uh, their clear need to create um, a certain narrative. Uh, and this is, again, this is sort of, you know, this is uh, the same kind of thing that our, I've talked about our media doing as well. You build people up and then you tear them down. And that's what they've always done. 
And they were doing it, frankly, to Kate Middleton until uh, Meghan Markle showed up to give them a true, a true narrative. The dark-skinned actress versus the lily-white future queen. Uh, why do we get so, I don't know. I don't know. And there's one other thing I want to say, which might be very incendiary. This, the, the big thing was that, uh, was that it was said that someone in the royal family, and it seems to be pointing to either uh, Charles or William, um, talked to them or talked to Harry about uh, what the baby would look like. Now, I don't know how that conversation went. It was assumed the minute the subject came up that what the concern was, that the baby could be black. Which I suppose was the main thing. But you tell me how how people talk about babies who are coming into the world and wondering. I've done it. Whether or not the parents-to-be are of the same race or not, I've done it when they're not of the same race, when you're going to get some kind of a, a wondrous mix, and you wonder, what the, geez, I can't wait to see what that baby looks like. It can be totally benign, is what I'm saying, okay? I just, this whole thing, uh, it shows humanity at its worst in every way. So I have to say that almost from the beginning, I just found myself, um, and but I watched the whole goddamn thing. I, I don't, I mean, I was being so petty. The whole thing is petty, right? In my religion, gossip is considered one of the worst sins because it is tantamount, according to some of the august rabbis of the past, it is tantamount to murder. Because with gossip, you can kill someone's reputation. And you can spread uh, facts that are in fact not you can, if you're a rumor monger, that is like one of the lowest of the lows, I just gotta say. And that's what that two hours was. Did you believe everything those two said? It was one side of a story. I don't know. I don't know. I don't wish them ill. But I wish we'd spent two hours talking about and feeling for people who truly need our empathy and attention. Hate to be the wet blanket here, but seriously.
I think that's all. If you have anything to say about it, uh, feel free. I guess tomorrow, and I shouldn't go off on it too much because I gotta gotta talk to Susan about it tomorrow. You know, girl talk. Bree says it was a nothing burger, trapped, just wanting to cover security. They're in an eleven million dollar house. This was promotion. Well, that, that was sort of my reaction to. I had well. I get the trapped thing. You know, you can be trapped in a gilded cage, which is what the royals are. Um, it's sad in many ways to see any family sort of implode on um, in a public way. But this is no normal family. And uh, I think if I were to bother being sad about anything, I'm sad that the two brothers uh, clearly are estranged. Uh, so that's, that's it. And other than that, <clears throat> although there was this hysterical thing and some of you have sent it to me and I already had, uh, had noted it and pulled it out. Where did I get it here? So the Brits, uh, who were able to watch this, um, on American television, CBS. Do you know what they were most blown away by? It wasn't. It wasn't anything Harry said. It wasn't anything Meghan said. It was the commercials. <laughs> it was the commercials. They had never seen anything like it because what the commercials were were mostly drug ads. And so for the first time, all these Brits saw these ads that if you, if you remember when we first started getting them were shocking to us as well. I mean, I have never stopped making fun of them myself. <laughs> um, hang on here. Oh, please, please let, let this through. So why aren't I getting the reactions? They're not coming through. Okay, I'll drop back to um, the Brits were so freaked by the fact that, first of all, drugs were being advertised directly, prescription drugs, directly to people. Uh, because that seemed absurd. And because uh, in the UK, they have, oh dear, socialized medicine. There's no ads for prescription drugs. First of all, they don't pay for prescription drugs. The whole medicine thing is a nonprofit, not for profit affair. Can we even get that? We can't even imagine such a world. Okay, I just got the one one reaction up here. I'm watching the interview and I can't understand why American television ads are like, ask your doctor for or tell your doctor. Why the fuck would you be the one to tell a doctor what medicine to give you? Maybe I'm too European to get it, but what the 
Okay, so that's the sort of general reaction, as well as hilarity over the the fine print, you know, side, possible side effects, uh, which is what always tickles me half to death. So um, yeah, there it is. And if you were to talk to a, an American doctor, they would say that these ads have made their lives absolutely miserable because people do come in now to an American doctor and say, I want this. And the doctor is thinking, I don't think that that's the proper, but I want this. And so we now decide based on some ad what medicine we want. I don't know. It's baloney. Okay, I'm moving on, I think. Little Tony's writing about Cuomo. I've sort of tuned that out because I these things play out, right? These are the narratives that we go through. And I just, you know, I'm starting to feel like, wake me up when, you know, when it's over. Tell me later what happens. But I don't want to watch the day-to-day. I, I just don't. It just exhausts me and leaves me not in a good place ever. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Tony, look at your first line. Lynn, I'm so tired of hearing about the governor of New York. Yes, I am too. But I hope he sticks to his guns and doesn't resign. Well, you know, that's what Republicans do. There's a part of me that is saying, wow, he's acting like a Republican. Or he's acting like, you know, who else did what he's doing? Uh, remember the uh, governor of, I think it was Virginia? Um, and it was about blackface. And there were, uh, there was, oh, all hell broke loose that he was supposed to step aside. Um, and he didn't. He just held firm. <laughs> and you know what? It all sort of eventually went away. Um, so far, the uh, what I've heard from the women doesn't, to me, rise to, I, I have to admit, but I'm an older woman who I, I know came up in a different reality. But none of it strikes me as the kind of stuff that should cost a person their job. Um, but I don't know. And as I said, nobody likes this guy. He is not, doesn't have a friend in the world. Doesn't have a friend in the world. And so all the enemies he's made over the years, I mean, the sharks, as they say, are circling because he's weakened and they see a way to finally get this extremely powerful man who they hate down. He is a bully. That he is. But see, bullying doesn't rise to the level of a crime. A certain kind of bullying does, and that has to do with women. And we call it, um, you know, sexual harassment. It's not assault. It's harassment. That's the kind of bullying that rises to this level. I suggested the other day that the way uh, some bosses bully any employee, male, female, black, white, or otherwise, that's not a crime. 
and it can be just as brutal and life-changing as what we call sexual harassment. I'm just saying. I've got a call. Let's get the caller in. Hello? Hey, Lynn. Ray from Lawrenceville. How are you? I'm fine. Good. Did you want to talk about the royal family? You know what? I thought of you. <laughs> oh, my God. I did. How could I not think of you when the topic is the royal family? And I thought, I don't suppose Ray might call up. <laughs> uh, this family is, it has centuries of blood on their hands. And, and this yeah. woman marries into this family, like marrying into the gaudy crime family. And then complains about rudeness, you know? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Are, they are a villainous, villainous family. I wouldn't give them, you know, 10 seconds of my time to listen to them complain about the, the, the backbiting, you know? Yeah. What, what and is how our, hard their lives are. Yeah. Oh, my God. How are we as Americans? How are we in the least sympathetic to these people who have have genocide, rape, murder, robbery, um, all, all all covering their hands, and and we, we just are fascinated by what they're wearing uh, at a, at yeah. a horse race. Well, it's you awful. just don't get it, do you? Just because you of Irish extraction hold against them some historical killed, events or other, they killed my family. Yeah. I don't know how you let that go. I mean, do, do the Holocaust survivors say, oh, well, you know, you know. Yeah, right. They starved and murdered and raped and dispossessed and drove my family out of, stole their language, drove them out, uh, and yeah. based on, on avarice greed. So I, I, I hope No, based they, on I, their I hope, superiority. Based on their superiority. Yes. They were They're taming we were, the Mongols. We were not, the Irish were not quite human. They portrayed us as almost monkeys, which is what they did in Africa and in Asia and in the Middle East. They just portrayed them as, portrayed their victims as less than human. And this woman well, I got news married into the that. Irish, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, but I got news for you, Ray. Remember this. Remember this. When the Irish came en masse to the shores of this great welcoming country, a lot of people reacted exactly like the Brits did, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Just say just wanted to but get they, that straight. But but it was who was doing it to us over here? It was the 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 uh remnants of the of the of the British uh, uh power structure that saw the Irish yeah. invading and remembered what they had been taught generation after generation that we were subhuman. The Italians weren't quite Human, that, you know, it, it's but this British, right. family, this royal family, are the worst of white people, <laughs> and that's saying something, right? And not only that, they marry amongst themselves so much that they ain't the brightest folks in the world. I gotta awful, tell you, awful. And anyone, whether it be Lady, whatever, like Diana, or this new one, who marries into that family, and then so shocked, it's it's uh, at best disingenuous, right? Yeah. So they can all go straight to hell. All right? I hear you. Okay. All right. All right. I'm glad you called. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I never finished Tony's uh, email. 
Uh, he says he hopes Cuomo doesn't resign. I have no doubt he's touchy and feely kind of a guy. I don't even find him to be likable. But when I think of Al Franken resigning, yeah, well, that's true. So after years, women come out of the woodwork to accuse him. I don't buy it. It must be making Republicans happy. But then we need every Democratic governor and legislature we have. Yeah, we eat our own. As a side note, I didn't watch the Oprah interview. I have no interest in it at all. I also knew I'd hear the highlights today, right? Uh, also, Lynn, in my religion, gossip is a serious sin and offense. Well, that's half our popular culture. Ain't it? Um, well, okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Uh, oh, no, there's one other thing I do want to say. Oprah Winfrey is hands down the greatest interviewer that we all know. I mean, I'm sure there are some others, I don't know, but in terms of everybody who's out there that I'm aware of, there's nobody better. Um, there are times like, when I, it, it was fascinating for me. I was mostly sort of really watching her, um, how she empathizes, how I thought in a lot of ways she seemed sort of like, huh, what? She's just very honest and uh, and she's dogged, but not in an aggressive way. So that she's constantly getting, uh, making them feel comfortable but returning time and time again to things that weren't quite made clear. I mean, she must have doubled around, did a U-turn seven or eight times in those two hours, uh, and exactly on subjects that you wanted her to. Uh, she'll let it go initially, then she'll come back and said, you know, going back to you said, and I was wondering if, and she just extracts more and more. She's just brilliant at it. And I was sort of wondering how she thought about these two whiny people in front of her. Because this is a woman who was born a black woman in poverty in a mucked up family. She had a very rough childhood. And that she is now one of the most powerful women in the country, known throughout the world. She came from nothing. And she's richer than either of those two privileged people. If that's, if that's how we're going to decide who's successful or not. And in this culture, that's what we do. Who's got the most bucks? Well, you are the most successful, which of course is bull. But here she is, somebody who by dint of her own ability and talent got all the stuff, all the stuff, everything that is valued in our culture. Money, wealth, influence, 
celebrity. She's a movie star. She owns a television network. Yeah. So I'm wondering what she really thought. Uh, Barbara says, I had the same conversation voicing your point of view with my 34-year-old daughter. I don't think she was able to appreciate my thinking. Nothing here to me that should result in anyone losing his job. Yeah, well, so women of a certain age, right. I, and in a way, it worries me because I think our younger generation has become so used to seeing uh, offense and aggression in what to the person who's supposedly aggressing and offending is not meant in that way. So a perfectly, I mean, I'm handsy myself. I, I stick my hand on people's shoulders. Now, as a woman, am I able to still do that? Or probably not. I'm not really supposed to do it either. I don't like this world that the young people would have us live in where nobody touches anybody unless you go into, I guess, unless you get a lawyer and write uh, down uh, rules. And I've said this before. I've said this for a long time now. And I see my own son is very much uh, totally bought in. So he, I mean, he is quick to see uh, offense in uh in things that I don't necessarize. Really? You think he shouldn't have done that? I mean, was that really? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm getting sick of it. Well, I've been sick of it for some time. Uh, Barbara says, I just ended the conversation with her daughter since I didn't want to defend my position by saying, I guess it's just my age. Well, it's not your, it's your experience. It's your own experience. And, you know, uh, young people are not generally into seeing nuance. You know, let's hope as they grow, they begin to see it and they'll look back on some of what they felt in this period of their lives as a little over the top, because I think it is. Chuck writes, totally agree on the Oprah interview. I watched the first hour and that's all I could take. Here we are watching an actress portray herself as a victim. I wondered about her acting ability and she did a, a pretty good job. Although I have to admit, I did write down maybe 25 minutes into it. I don't think I like her very much. <laughs> I, there's something about, I just, you know, this is, and that's ridiculous. I don't know her, but I was just thinking, ah, oh, shut up. I, I, but it's true, I did not live the horror she lived. But hey, man, she went in, she had to know. I didn't buy that she didn't know uh, the craziness she was walking into. I don't buy that for a minute. She's no dumbbell. Chuck agrees. There's nothing she said that should have been a surprise to her, right? And if she wants to blame someone, she should blame her husband, who apparently did not have her back as much as he should have. 
Uh, I don't know. He clearly is besotted. I am far more worried right now about voter suppression. Yeah, me too, Chuck. Me too. Oh, well. Um, where should we go? Let's go there. No, let's not. Let me, I want a victory lap here for Joe Biden and the Democrats. And a cautionary uh, note for all the people who are still doing nothing but complaining. But we didn't get this and we didn't get that. Good God. I mean, it's politics. It's what is possible. It's never what. It's, have you ever negotiated anything? You don't walk out with everything you wanted. You never do. That doesn't mean you won't get it some other time and in another way. But this bill that will be passed in the next few days by the House and sent to President Biden to sign is a game changer in many ways. It's incredible. You recall when he said his bill was a one, what was it? A trillion, this, this, uh, what was it? 1.9 trillion, almost $2 trillion bill. The Republicans said, are you effing kidding me? That ain't going anywhere. We wouldn't even go to half of that. <coughs> well, what they saying now? Because that passed. All the money's still in it. Now, certain things, yes, got whittled down. More because of Joe Manchin than any Republican. But the real game changer in it is the $300 monthly check for children in this country. That's the game changer. So now this in the bill that is going to be signed <clears throat> says this will only last for a year. But here's what everybody's thinking. Once American families, middle class, working class, as soon as they have a year where they get this money monthly for their children, you think anyone's going to vote to take that away from them? It's exactly what happened with Social Security and any other thing that Republicans said, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare, because once the people get it, they want it. Ninety-three <clears> percent <throat> of American children will receive benefits under this plan. More money from the government than these often struggling families 
have ever seen. And currently, a quarter of children just get a partial benefit. And guess what? Because this is America. The poorest 10% of children in this country get nothing because their income, their family's incomes are too low to fully qualify under existing law for the kind of benefit. And I, the, the benefits in the past have come in, in, in a tax credit. But that's not the way it's going to happen. This is going to be a check monthly to provide a more stable cash flow to families. It costs money to raise a child. And almost every other civilized nation in the world knows it acknowledges it and subsidizes child rearing costs for their populations. Canada, <laughs> for one, gives almost $5,000 a year per child to Canadian families. And it is because it is in everyone's interest to have children thrive. And it pulls us all down when children suffer. And all indications are that these checks are going to cut the rate of child poverty in this country by half. What is not to celebrate? I'm sorry, I've got callers. What do I know? Callers, I have actually more than one. So go ahead. I don't know which one he is up, and neither do you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lynn. I'm going to have to change the subject right now because of a, a conversation I had over the weekend. Uh, and I said I would call you and see if you know anything about it. And it's about uh, Bob Kudzma that we just lost. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, um, my cousin was the godfather in the couple of ads that were done for Bob Kudzma's show. The one, I don't know if you remember, but the one was where the godfather, which was my cousin, came, drove up to Kudzma and said, you know, make, it, make the weather good. And his daughter was getting married. I don't remember exactly how he said it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But and and then the second one was he he and his daughter came to Kuzma's door soaking wet. Uh, they were both very funny ads, and mm -hmm. we were wondering if what happens to these ads, to the tape of these ads uh, after they're used, and and uh, are they put well, in a no. Yeah, they would be, um, uh, they're out there. I mean, KD has them. Um, 
they don't destroy things like that. I mean, that would be kept there in some way. You might even be able to uh, go to YouTube or something and look for Kudzma commercials. Oh, is that right? If, yeah, see if something comes up. Okay. I mean, I they might be out there, okay? Okay. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll certainly try. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck. Thank, thanks so much, Lynn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, she wasn't kidding when she said she was changing the subject. Uh, I have another caller. Caller, hello. Yeah, hi, Lynn. Good morning. Hey, why don't we do 360 here? And I, <laughs> You know, every time I hear Joe Manchin's name mentioned, I just see this, this bloated Colbert-type guy that's completely um, out of touch with his constituents who are who are these I don't know I, I can't kind of hate to make the generality but these folks that you know historically were re reliant on coal for for livings you know to work and it just naturally played out I mean you yeah. don't see these big pit pit holes anymore with strip mining thank goodness I mean those those yeah. things were really ugly Horrific. but the, the the mountaintop mining thing blowing the, you know, that's just, they're just trying to bring that around now. Uh, uh, and that drives people out of their houses. They, they can't, uh, there's no flood control. There's, there's no clean water. There's, you know, people that, again, historically have been living in these, these locations, these hollows and stuff, they're wiped out and that's still going on. And he's not, you know, he's, he's in the pocket of the, 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 uh, the owners, and we even get into the Pennsylvania, the the Republicans, you know, with the the frackers. I mean, these mm -hmm. people don't care about about poverty. They're we got we well, got we, we got trouble with Mansion. He's he's he is not yeah. going to he is not going to go down helping people at all. I don't. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, part of me because I yeah I I have a lot of anger toward towards him too. And I was thinking, you know, uh, the reaction you have is, man, we got to, you know, primary him or get him out of there. And that would be a big mistake because there's no way that um, West Virginia voters would put another Democrat in the Senate. I mean, th that he is a Democrat and, and was elected from that state and then reelected is amazing. Um. Yeah. So they're lined up. Holding a seat. I mean, he does vote with the Democrats most of the time, and and when we say we can, you know, it's a fifty-fifty Democratic-Republican Senate now, and he's one of the Democrats that we can't we can't get rid of him. He's one of the votes that we absolutely need. But you know, I was looking at um, something that you know he absolutely stood firm on the $15 minimum wage could not be part of uh, this this bill that passed too much money apparently $15 a month and i was looking at you know eight other eight, seven other democratic senators voted against the $15 uh minimum wage and every single one of them is worth well over a million dollars. Oh, sure. But Man the, the Man Manchin is a 
Yeah, mansion is worth eight million bucks. Okay. Wow. Chris Coons is worth ten million bucks. Kester's worth four million bucks. They vote no for a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Sure. Well, the PACs, you know, the, that they're giving them their millions. I mean, they're they're the, the ones that are sending them the money. I mean, the, the That's truly, right. the truly the poor, poor people. people that have three <laughs> jobs and, and are just scraping by. Yeah. They're they're voiceless. They have no voice in any of this. And uh, yeah, I don't know how you engage them. I, I guess uh, Stacy down in Georgia, she she was able oh, to God do it somewhat. Her. Yeah. But. You know, every time I think of this, stop and think of this. Without Stacy, Stacy Abrams, um, who was a state elected uh, uh, to state government in Georgia as a black woman, and then ran for governor and supposedly didn't <laughs> didn't win. Well, she won, and then she, she yeah, yeah she, she ends up working her tail off, and we owe her. Everybody who gets one of these checks. For their kids owes her because nothing would be done you got without her and the win of those two georgia seats well, I know that is yeah. her doing two democrats coming out of georgia for yep. god's sakes yeah yeah stacy abrams should be given i i, I mean if there's a a medal of uh, service to uh, the people, um, she should have it. She should have a statue in the Capitol. She is an amazing human being. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, that stimulus money, I mean, that's gonna go different places. I know I'm gonna send some of it down to that Humane Society in Beaver County that got wiped out. You know, they oh. don't, you know, that shelter, I mean, I have no idea how many animals they have down there, but, but that's a tragedy, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean, these places just get by. And uh, I know, I know. It's, you know, it's going to the food bank and them, and I don't know. That's probably, right. Well, those of us kids. who can, yeah, those of us who can, should make sure that money gets out there. Uh, yeah, and to the needy and to sure. people who need it. There's no doubt about it. Thank you. Hey, you're, you're welcome. Man. Enjoy the okay. enjoy the day. All right. Oh, I will. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye. Uh, David writes, as for the Royals, didn't watch it. Don't give a fuck about them. Watch the Pens. They kicked ass. I heard they did. I Yeah, that's what I should have watched. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what else I got here? What else I got here? Lots of stuff. Um, let's stay with Georgia for a second. I want to get this in. So because Stacey Abrams and all the other mostly black women who worked with her did the hard work for years and years and years, um, Georgia elected two Democratic senators. That probably won't stand. I don't know. Uh, you know, um, Warnock, one of them, has to run again very soon. And this time, the Republicans will pull out every everything that they've got. 
and they will do what they've always done, which is try to make it very, very hard for black people to vote. They've been doing it since 1865, and they really got it down, okay? So the Georgia state legislature is owned by the Republicans. So Stacy's got more work to do. And the governor is a Republican. And man, like so many other Republican legislatures in this country, they are going to town intending to pass legislation to suppress the vote. They've got bills in the hopper that would severely cut early voting hours. They have bills that would limit voting by mail, would make drop boxes something that you maybe could find one in every, you know, uh, 500 square miles. All of these kinds of things, drop boxes, mail voting, early vote voting, is what helps black voters. Um, and the thing that they're going at for, which is just so, uh, they don't even attempt to hide what they're doing. Yeah. We're trying to keep black people from voting. They're going to try to get rid of what's been called souls to the polls, which is when black churches in the weeks before an election, and you can vote early in Georgia, they hurt church. They provide vans and buses, and they take their, their congregation down to the polls. Voting after Sunday church services is a tradition in Black communities. And so, of course, Georgians, white Republicans, are going to put the kibosh on it. You know what else? I mean, to see how how despicable these people are. They're going to limit Sunday voting is how they're going to do it. They're going to limit Sunday voting. And if you eliminate Sunday voting for for black voters. That means they'll have to go during the week and stand in line, which they do. You've seen those lines in the black uh, precincts. They go on and on and on, and they wait for hours. This too is voter suppression. Because when it comes to election day, let's say, they don't have as many polls to go to as folks in white areas. 
The bill that would stop the Sunday voting would also make it illegal to get this. Have volunteers provide water or chairs or any kind of assistance to the poor folks standing in line, maybe in the rain, maybe in the cold, maybe in the hot sun. And there have always been those kinds of volunteers. They're called line warmers. And they go down that long line and they say, can I help you? They have things for women, single moms who have their children with them. So they'll, they'll give, uh, you know, uh, bubble blowing stuff to the, to the kids. Anything to keep people more comfortable and in line. And nothing is too small. What would be the purpose of making it illegal to give someone standing in line some water? Hmm? What would be the purpose? Yeah. The cruelty. The cruelty and bigotry and hate and meanness behind what Georgia Republicans and other Republicans, and believe me, in whatever state you're sitting in right now, they're busy coming up with this same stuff. Because it's the only way they can ever win. Because the vast majority of Americans don't want them. That's been made quite clear by every national election. They lose by millions and millions and millions of votes. They represent a dying minority of America. And the only way they win is by keeping others from voting. And they do that by suggesting that something needs to get fixed, right? It was rigged. <laughs> the shamelessness of them. They rig it. Then they say something's rigged. And we need more laws to prevent more rigging. And the laws all the laws just rig more and more and more. It's just mind blowing the perfidy of it. Uh, Beth writes, oh geez, Beth, this is long. Um, okay, uh, we need to stop calling this a stimulus package. We need to call it what it is, a pandemic relief package, right? or disaster relief. Also, I really wish three things were added to the bill. Well, sure, go ahead. No federal taxes on unemployment benefits for tax year 2020. I thought that was in there. I thought that was in there. I'm serious. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. 
bring back the non-reimbursed business expense for individuals, especially since so many of us had to work from home this year with no reimbursement from our employers, and give every American a $500 restaurant card good at any restaurant. This will keep local restaurants open and people employed at those places, even with takeout orders. Secondly, people who are hungry can go anywhere to get food and not be in long food bank lines. And three, restaurants who now have customers can pay their landlord and local taxes, thus preventing a glut of unused real estate and helping our local governments. Good stuff. Who cares if a millionaire gets this card or the poor person making minimum wage? It is money that is staying in our local economies and helping tackle several issues that have been brought on by this plague. This is what you call trickle up economics. I sent these ideas to my senators, Manchin and Capito, with no response back. Shocking. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good for you. Good for you. Bob writes, aside from the pens, the NBA All-Stars, Festivities were more fun to watch than Megan and Harry's interview. Uh, all right, so I screwed up. I had to watch. It's like obligatory. It's like it's like the you know it's like the damn uh, Super Bowl. You gotta watch. Um, and finally, the old bit of the day sent to me by Carl, but I can't get it. Why is this not letting me get there? Um, is for a Walenda. Now, every time a Walenda dies, you quickly look to see if it was because they fell <laughs> from from a, a very high uh, place. Because the Walendas, of course, are are known for um, their what do they call that? Why, uh, all of a sudden I can't think, uh, wire walking. What do you call that? Here it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. God dang it. Well, I can't find it. God dang it. Oh, I hate this thing. I hate it. 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 So anyway, I can sort of remember. It was a woman named Carla Walenda. She lived to a ripe old age. And she died uh, of, you know, normal, normal kinds of things that kill uh, a lot of us. But she did not um, die from falling off. Well, no, what am I saying? I'm sorry. I'm doing two things at once, and I'm trying to find that thing. Um, she, in her life, the number of people in her family who died while they were working is beyond belief. And that's what I wanted the obit for, to get it right. It was like her father, her mother, her sister, her brother, oh no, the brother that dies is paralyzed. Her husband, her this or that. I mean, they just, can you imagine the family business? And the family business is you go out there and for the entertainment of the masses, you risk your life. And the odds of you dying are pretty damn high. I mean, it's just incredible. The number of Walendas who are dead by falling 
is just huge, huge. And I don't, I can't get the obit. God dang it. Okay. Well, this is the way that goes. And I'm out of time anyway. So, okie doke, guys. One last time. I'm just going to do it one last time. If I can find it. Okay. No, I can't. Okay. Goodbye. So that's it. Um, gosh, enjoy this song. We got like three days of it or something. I don't know. Oh my God, in warm temperatures. Don't you love it? Love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay. Be safe. You got to safeguard ourselves from the idiots, almost all of them Republicans, many though in positions to kill a lot of people like Governor Abbott and the governor of Mississippi, and then save us from the idiot young people who are doing spring break again. Are you kidding me? God help us. Be careful. Talk to you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.